Hi everyone, welcome to the Draft Talk podcast brought to you by 99 Yards. The Draft Talk podcast is exclusively about all things NFL draft. Each week we bring you analysis, interviews, mock drafts, our infamous top five and much, much more. I'm your host Brian and I'm joined by our 99 Yards Draft Talk team, Owen, MJ and Stu. And guys, we've less than a week to go for the draft. How are we feeling? Yeah, it's here, isn't it? All, all good. Busy, but, but all good. Yeah, I can't believe we uh, started this many weeks out now and we're within within touching distance of the draft. It's starting to starting to get quite exciting. Yeah, so only a week to go. Things are, are getting to fever pitch, aren't they? There's there's more and more stories out there and theories flying around. Each one seems wilder than the last, and and hopefully we're going to help you make sense of it all here today. Uh, exactly. Uh, check out last week's podcast if you haven't already. We did our final live mock draft. And this week, we're going to be diving deep into the first round. Who's picking who? Are we going to see any more trades? And most importantly, as it'll be taking place in the very early hours of Friday morning here in the UK, what's going to be our go-to snacks for the first round? All will be revealed. First up, asking the questions, talking about picks one through eight is myself. Okay, let's go to you, MJ. Will the first four picks all be quarterbacks as anticipated? And if so... What will be the order? Thanks, Brian. So, yeah, I, I think so. I think that's the most likely scenario is the first four are going to be quarterbacks. I think we can probably 100% say that that Lawrence is going to go at, at one to the Jags. I think you, you come down a little bit, but still fairly sure, I don't know, 80% sure or something like that, that Zach Wilson's going to go um, at two to the Jets. This is where things get interesting when you get to three and four because there is still all the, you know, the, the 49ers are there and there's still the Mac Jones talk versus um, Trey Lance is the, is the name that I've heard more this week. Justin Fields is obviously in the, in the mix as well. Um, I, I still think the third one is either Fields or, or Lance. I, I just don't get trading. The way I look at it is kind of trading. Why would you trade all the way up to three? It's like jumping the lunch queue with everything still left, and then you just walk off with a cheese sandwich, isn't it? I mean, why why would you go in that route? But I think if the interesting thing will be if the 49ers take Lance at three, because then that could open things up. Do, do the Falcons want Fields at four, or would they then trade out, and then we start to see somebody jump up for Fields at four? Either way, I'm, I'm going all four quarterbacks, first four picks. It's interesting that you speak about the Mac Jones again. There's a lot of the bookies, the betting has swung back around to Mac Jones again. Yeah. And it'd be interesting to see a couple of days before draft what, what the odds are because bookies are rarely wrong on these things. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that the likely scenario is that it's going to be four quarterbacks taken and it's all going to come down to Atlanta really, isn't it? And what they're going to do it for. It's an absolute mystery. I've been sold all the way through that Atlanta was going to be taking a quarterback, but as each day goes, I'm starting to doubt myself slightly and knowing that the Falcons or my Falcons probably aren't going to do what I want them to do. You get used to that, don't you? So, uh, yeah, I'm just not sure what what Atlanta are going to do. And there's just so many variables there that it's, well, is it even 50-50? Who knows? Who knows? Um, And then you get to the 49ers pick and, yeah, to me, everything screams Trey Lance, uh, which again goes against what I want. So it's exactly what's going to happen. 
Uh, yeah, just just wait for them to pick it up. They'll go ahead and they'll they'll pick Kyle Pitts just to prove it's all wrong. Yeah, I think I think we nailed on. It's quarterback one, two, and three. It's four. It's a wild card, isn't it? Yeah. But um, it depends. Are, are the are the Falcons going to stick and pick um, another player who's not a quarterback? That that's when it could get really interesting. What What about the news this week that's come out about Justin Fields and and the fact that he has um, epilepsy and that that's something that a condition that he deals with? Stu, what's your your opinion on on whether that's going to affect anybody looking to trade uh, up for him or, or to pick him at three or four? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think if it's if it's well controlled, um, it, it shouldn't be too much of an issue. There's been players who've dealt with epilepsy in the past. One that one that Brian knows well, he wrote about for the Hall of Fame, Rondé Barber. He was a player who dealt with epilepsy, as did his brother as well, and they, and they managed to make good careers of it. Um, he's obviously had a good college career, and it's not really held him back or stopped him doing anything. So I think. It, it, because it's such a high-profile position and such a high-profile pick, some teams might get twitchy. But I think if they've done the background checks, I don't think it should have a huge impact on him. Yeah, I, I agree with Stu. It's um, something he's obviously dealt with for about many years, and he, you know he's played in big games. He's he's been under a lot of pressure. He he should be fine. I think it's just one of these things as as the drilling down and trying to find out any information about every single player. Uh, you know, something like that's bound to yeah. crop up. We've come it? this far through the process without hearing nothing, so it can't be a huge concern, can it? Exactly. Well, let's move on to my second question, uh, and I'm going to go for, to you, Stu. Uh, this this could affect your, your Dolphins a little bit, I guess. Who could be the first non-quarterback off the board? Who do you think? Is it, could be Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, Penny Sewell? Anyone else? What do you think? I, I think that's the three non-quarterbacks that, that is going to be. It's going to be one of those three. It really, again, as Owen has said, if Falcons pick Pitts at four, I'm not sure they, they will. They, they, I think they're either going to pick a quarterback or trade out. So that would mean, if it's top four, as MG said, all quarterbacks, the first one off the board should be Penny. So I think that that would be the pick that the Bengals should make. But uh, yeah, I think it will be Penny. So the I don't think that they'll pick Kyle Pitts, um, the Bengals. They may go for the Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Burrow hookup again. But if, if, if they're sensible, if they're doing what they should do and wanting to look after Joe Burrow, I think Penny Sewell should be the first non-quarterback off the board. Unless they really, really like Rashawn Slater above him and they want him as their left tackle. But I, I think it's all pointing towards Sewell will be, will be their choice if they go that route. So, yeah, I think he probably will be the first non-quarterback off the board. But as you said, being a Miami fan, I'm not really that bothered because any of those three, I'd be quite happy to have. You know, if, which, whichever one of those you don't get picked, fall to six, yeah, I, I would happily take any of them. After all the years of us looking at drafts and experiencing so many drafts, have we known a, a draft where it's been this much up in the air or with, with picks three onwards we literally do not have a clue because I'm the opposite my instincts tell me it's going to be pits but then again you look at the mock drafts we've done and everyone else's mock draft who knows <laughs> who who knows isn't it uh, the reason I think it will be pits is because I think yeah as we said if the Falcons stick and pick um, then then that is going to be pits I would have thought and then what do the Bengals do I'm really really 50-50 as to whether they're going to take a lineman uh, whether that's Slater or Soul or, or whether that'll be Pitts. And yeah, saying that in my mocks, it's been either Soul and is, it might be a little tasty teaser for you, but my mock draft coming up, it, it may even be Slater. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think you might you might not be the only person who who rates Rashawn Slater higher than Penny Sewell. Um, you've seen him w- with a few people who are, who are in the know, like Daniel Jeremiah, for one, who's been on the Rashawn Slater bandwagon for for quite yeah. a long time. Yeah, um, I, I do I think- rate Sewell higher. I, I rate Sewell much higher, but I'm looking at what the the Bengals need, and I think giving Slater can slot in at guard to start with does make yeah. a lot of sense for them. Yeah, particularly because they're they're still they've still got had a high pick. They had Jonah Williams who's back, and they I think they've obviously yeah, got Riley him Reef there. As well. Yeah, and they've signed Riley Reef on a on a one year interior might be an option for them. And then Riley Reef may be only there for a year. You've got you've got other options. So yeah, um, I still think it might be Sewell though. Yeah, it's it, it's so difficult as you've said because the 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 sensible pick for them for the Bengals at five could could well be Sewell. I wonder with Saul if he doesn't go at five, whether he starts to fall a few places. I think he's a contender who might start to, to drift down the board half a dozen or so spots somehow. Kyle Pitts, I, I would think it might be Kyle Pitts because everybody's talking about him as this, this fantastic kind of once-in-a-generation sort of player. Is he a tight end? Is he just, just a big-bodied wide receiver? Um, and there are all sorts of teams a little bit lower down who there are, there are stories coming out, you know, Brian, even, even Jerry likes him. Jerry likes him and he's only at 10, you know. Jerry likes ten everyone. To, 10 up to five. <laughs> he, he, he might do it. Um, and, uh, you know, Jamar Chase is sat there. A wide receiver at, at, at five. Is, is that a, a little bit rich? Possibly not for Jamar Chase. But I would say I'm, I'm going to go that, that they might surprise us all. And it might well be Pitts and the Bengals might, may well take him at five. But yeah, it could be any one of those three easily. Yeah, I think it will be Penny Sewell just because any anyone, everybody wants to tackle and especially a tackle at that level. But I mean, the more I see Kyle Pitts, I've had to actually like stop myself watching highlights of him and because he's just he's just phenomenal and his his size, his speed, it's it's hard to sort of compare him to anyone really. And you think the sort of damage you could do in the right system, because you can play him, you know, you could play him anywhere. But as, as a pure tight end, slot receiver, wide outside receiver, but it'll stick him at running back. I reckon he'd do a bit of damage there. You can just <laughs> do absolutely anything with him. So, yeah, whoever gets him, um, they're going to be very lucky. Uh, right, my, my final question then on our picks one through eight. Uh, we've sort of touched upon it a little bit. Um, who have we got left? Oh, I'm to you. Uh, could there be any further trades? We've seen a few uh, already um, with the 49ers getting into three. Uh, any more trades, you think, in the first top eight picks? Yeah, I think we'll see at least one. Atlanta being, as we've just spoken about, the uh, the obvious obvious one there. They've already got suitors for that number one pick and only more are going to come in. Uh, if they don't fancy tr- uh, taking a quarterback, then absolutely the obvious choice there is to, to trade back out of it. Uh, the other one, which um, I'm, I'm coming around to, is the Lions trading back. And that makes a lot of sense to me as well. You know, the Lions are bad. They're going to continue to be bad as well. All, all the talk here is that they're going to take a receiver, but is there any point in taking a receiver when you've got that many holes on the roster? And by the time you become competitive, you know, you're then looking at a second contract. It, to me, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. With, with They literally need help at every single position. 
So, so what does make sense is continuing to build on that capital, which they've got from the Matthew Stafford trade and you know, continue to build for the future, whether that's future picks or even if they can get multiple ones in, in this draft where they can address a multiple uh, positions, that one makes it a ton of sense. And I think there's going to be some suitors wanting to come up for that spot as well. Yeah, the other team that I wondered about in that topic is a team that's sitting just right behind them um, in Carolina. I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. They just don't have a lot of draft capital to make major big moves and they still aren't set at the quarterback. I know they've got Darnold. Um, I wonder if they're a team that might think if, they, if, if they're not really in love with a player at eight, maybe dropping just out of the top 10, picking up something else might be. Um, I don't know if we're going to talk about it later on who might come up for those spots, but again... There's a team that I, I wonder if they if they decide not to go offensively, or even if they do, I wonder if the, the, the Chargers might be a team that look to make that few spots. Save just it, to save get it. From, we'll oh. come up to it. <laughs> <laughs> I've missed out. I'm not going to say any more on that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'd agree. First off, I'd agree on the Detroit Lions. I think it makes perfect sense for them to come out of six. I think there will be teams that will want to come up because... We do have five quarterbacks who are probably going to go early. I think you've got those top four. And if it, let's say Mac Jones does go at three to um, to the 49ers, you've then got Fields and Lance, and, and that's going to spark interest. I, you know, if something like that was to happen, I wonder, yeah, I, um, the, there will be teams outside of this top eight who, who are going to want to climb up in who – for Fields or Lance, you, you might be willing to absolutely bet the farm and just, if a, if a team has, you know, 10, 11 picks this year, you know, they can include ne- picks next year. We, we haven't mentioned, obviously, they can throw players into the bargain if they've got a player who's willing to to, to go as well. Um, I think that the, the top eight could be uh, quite dramatic. Yeah, the, the issue is going to be with these trades is how far back are teams willing to go? Because you say, we're going to get on to those behind, but if, say, Atlanta at four, I think they've come out and said something like where they don't want to drop out of the top 10. Well, there's only one potential team in the top 10 who might be looking to come up, which we'll get on to. But otherwise, you're probably looking at dropping right back past the middle of, of this draft. And I'm not sure teams such as the the Lions, Atlanta and the Panthers, whether they're going to be willing to drop back that far. It's going to be a lot if they are going to. It's going to, it's going to be very expensive. I think the phones will be hot. The phones will be hot during those first few picks. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be... Well, it might turn out to be, but last year's draft, there wasn't really a trade until I think it was the 12 or 13 when the, the Niners and the Buccaneers just flipped picks. Um, and everyone was expecting there to be trades and it just came in pick, 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 pick. Uh, it may do that, but it will only be, I think, this year because teams aren't offering what, what the teams want. It won't be for want of offers. It could be a long night. We could have the full 10 minutes on every clock. <laughs> so get the coffee on, I would say. Make sure you book the day off on the following day. Absolutely. Talking about coffee, I will be, I'm probably going to go for sweet and salty popcorn. What's your choice of snacks, guys, before we move on? Wings. Like it. Frank's, oh, Frank's no. hot sauce on it. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh, I've, le- I've learned from many, many years ago working night shifts that eating in the middle of night ain't a good thing. I'm, 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 I'm sure probably going to be... Yeah. I'm sure my age, I know, yeah. The old man in the corner. I'm probably going to be sitting there with a cup of tea, 
maybe a wee custard cream, and that's going to be about Ooh. me, I think. Underrated nice. custard creams, big fan. Yeah. I'll probably start try and start off bold, and yeah, it'd be beer and pretzels during those first 10 picks. But yeah, by, by about pick 16, it'll be um, stick the kettle on, load the biscuits <laughs> in. There we go. Good stuff. Well, there we go. That's my questions done. We'll be up with you in a minute. Welcome back, everyone. And now we're moving on in the draft and we're going to be looking at the picks between 9 and 16. And I'm not going to answer my own questions um, moving forward. So I'm going to throw this out to the guys. We've got a few questions here. I'm going to start. Who am I going to start with? Uh, let, let's start with MJ. So we'll start MJ. Is this where we start to see the first defensive player taken and who is it most likely to be? Thanks, Stu. Yes, I I think so. I think we're going to be um, very heavily focused on offensive players for those first eight, nine sort of picks. I think we've got all those quarterbacks. We've got some wide receivers, tight end, offensive line. But yeah, once we get into this this set of picks, this kind of nine to 16, this is where we're going to start to see defensive players coming off the board. If I I had to bet the house on one, I'm still going that it would be Patrick Satan and that the Cowboys will be sensible at 10 and take take a need and take the guy who who I think was the best corner uh, is the best corner coming out of this this draft. Um, there are there are a couple of others who will probably go during this range who who, who won't be far off. I think Micah Parsons you'll you'll see him pop up in this range, and then I think J C Horn will will probably go as well um, during this set of picks. But for me, it would be Sertan off off the board first from a defensive point of view. Yeah, I've got a quiz question for you. So so when do you think the latest we've ever seen a defensive player come off the board is in the common draft era? So that's since 1967, the latest the defensive players come off the board. I know I'm the old guy, but not 1967, far back. <laughs> it wasn't in 1967. It was in 1999. <laughs> wow. Um, you know, um, I think actually, I've actually sort of read or seen this recently, but I've no idea. I want to say... Oh, no, this was on a guess. podcast. This was on a podcast I was Ooh. listening to. Was it the? It was on the. Was it on the Draft Dudes podcast? I don't know. They were speaking about this. I only listen uh, to our podcast. No. Yeah. Well. No, yeah. You don't listen to any other podcast. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. It was about. No, I'm gonna. It was about pick sixteen or seventeen or something like that. No. No, am I wrong? Totally <laughs> thinking the wrong thing. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw a number out there. Twelve. Too late. Nine. Seven. Seven. Wow. So lays that with Champ Bailey to Washington in 1999. That's the latest we've ever seen. Oh, it was that thing I was reading. Listen to was about board. edge, the latest edge rusher. That's what it was. Right. It was yeah. Yeah. So that's the record. It's going to get broken this year, isn't it? Surely. Yeah. It, we're going to be later than pick seven. I think the very, very, very earliest I can see a defensive player going off the board is eight to the Panthers. And I said that is the very, very earliest. I don't expect it to happen. And the only reason for that is because they do have a need at corner. I would say it's one of the top needs, but I, I very much doubt they're going to go in that direction. It isn't likely, but I guess there is a small possibility of it happening, depending on how they're going to stack that board. Um, yeah, the other situation is Parsons to the Broncos is makes a ton of sense, depending on what happens and how the board falls for them. But yeah, if, you, if you're a betting man, then you're over and under is 10, isn't it? What do the Cowboys do? Do they take them or do they not? The Cowboys have got to go defence, don't they, Brian? 
Hopefully, yeah. I think I think if unless there's, there's someone, unless Kyle Pitts is there or something silly like that, which let's be honest is 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 probably not going to happen. Um, I imagine the yeah, ideally Satan, but I'd, I'd take you know JC Horn there as well or something. Um, yeah, I, I think that's got to be defense, and it, it may well be the first defender off the board. I, I agree. So coming back to you, Brian, who who do you think we start to see fall through the board unexpectedly? So this range of picks, maybe you know, talking about defenders, I could I could maybe see Michael Parsons falling, um, just because looking at the teams there, do they have need for a linebacker? Now, don't get me wrong, he's, he's an absolute specimen. I think he he, he could probably fit in, in most teams, um, but are they going to take him? You know, your likes of you know, we, we've touched on the Cowboys there, uh, you know, to the Giants, Eagles, they they've got different needs. Um, same with the Chargers. Who knows? So that's that's one that could fall, and I'm, I sort of think maybe even one of the the sort of receivers that everyone seems to think could go early. So yeah, maybe Devonta Smith, someone like that, who isn't that number one receiver. You know, we've touched on it numerous times how deep this class is for receivers, and teams may well think, well, I really need a beat a tackle, beat a corner, something like that. I'll, I'll get a receiver later. So maybe one of them. There's more and more chatter on the Dolphins' Twitter that he's going to be the pick at six, Devonta Smith. Seems to be the flavour of the month, yeah. and the dolphins on the dolphins chat recently, and a lot of it, you know, a lot of people who seem to seem to be a bit in the know that he seems to be getting a lot more buzz than he was up even a week ago. Yeah, he was getting a lot of talk when you were drafting at three, wasn't he? And then it kind of faded away. Interesting that that's starting to come back around again because, yeah, I wouldn't have said him being drafted in that range is a, is necessarily a fall, but it depends how you rank them, I guess, doesn't it? Um, mm. for, for me, if they start start to fall, it, MJ t- um, touched on it earlier. It would be the tackles, whether that's Sewell or Slater. If the Bengals don't opt for for one of them, I, I can see I can see them falling with the two on the board. They're maybe outside the top ten, and say the Cowboys are then going to have a a choice, aren't they? Whether they take uh, like Sewell if he's available at 10 or, or whether they stick to their guns and, and go defence I think they I think they could be tempted there by Sewell but it would be extraordinary wouldn't it if a, a player of Sewell's cal- calibre does end up falling um, out of the top 10 which you know it it wouldn't end up really being a shock with it when you look at you stack up with the quarterbacks and the, the receivers and then Kyle Pitts as well someone has to fall and it, it wouldn't surprise me if it was one of these tackles yeah. Sorry, that's where you get into somebody who has has missed a year, isn't it? For, with Saul, you know, all, all that promise, um, but he is he is young, he is raw, and if he doesn't go to the Bengals, and, and he could well start to fall through. And I looked, he he may even go all the way down. You, it might be the Chargers, it might be the Chargers at yeah, like thirteen. I was I was just about to say that that that's as far as he's going to fall, isn't it? And if he does get that far, it'd be interesting to see if, if we, we start getting uh, some trades and someone tries to jump ahead, knowing that the Chargers are full well going to take either of these guys. Mm. And, and do you think that's because um, people have looked at this and they say it's a pretty deep tackle class and they've looked at it and go, yeah, we really like these guys, but we could maybe get quite a good one later on and pick up something else in front of that. I say, yeah, there's, there's, you could you could get really good value in the 30s 40s 50s kind of range couldn't you? you you could come back to that in the second round that's that's where i wonder where a team like the bengals they 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 could flip it couldn't they 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 could go let's get pits or chase to start off with round 1 and then we'll come back for our, our tackle or our guard in in round 2 there's i think there will be plenty of tackles that will go this round 
but that's that's certainly one one possibility that teams might see the value for that group a little bit later on. And and rounding off the questions for this uh, section of the draft, Owen, any movement we might expect to see in this group of teams? Yeah, I think we're, we're again. We're, I do expect to see some moves up. Definitely, the two con- big contenders, one being the Denver Broncos. I think if any team in the first round are going to trade up, I think they're probably the favourites to do so. From this point, that that roster is pretty decent, isn't it? And we've we've said before, Drew Lock isn't the answer. Do they go searching for it? Wouldn't be surprised they if they uh, they'll be in contact with Atlanta and if. Uh, Atlanta are willing then I think the Broncos is probably the one that they'll draft with because they said they don't want to drop out of the top 10 the other team which seems to be getting a lot of traction is the Patriots they've gone into this season all guns blazing haven't they it's win now at all costs who cares what happens in the future so if Belichick absolutely threw everything are going up to either you know get a quarterback or or get one of these top receivers that wouldn't surprise me either um, one team I wondered about who might trade but going the opposite way is maybe the Vikings. They they really like to accumulate draft picks. They've done that over the last couple of years. And they're kind of in that that middle area. Which way do they go? They, they have needs on, on both sides of the line. And I wonder if somebody really likes a player that's still available, they might be a team that would, would maybe drop into the, into the next bracket of teams. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. And looking at what the Eagles are doing as well, they could be in that similar thing where they're collecting uh, capital for, for future years. Yeah, there are, there are two more as well that ha- only have six picks, and that's the Giants and the Cardinals. They've got they've only got six picks in the entire draft. Um, so again, they might trade down, but I, again, I've said it before, I, I like this 10-11-12 NFC East battle, and I'm I'm not sure any of them will want to shift out just the in Giants case. Giants don't trade down. No, never you see the, the quote. Yeah, Gettleman was um, was was quite amused, wasn't he, by that that Daniel Jeremiah had picked up on. Uh, Gettleman never 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 trades down, um, and I d- yeah, with the NFC stacked at 10, 11, 12, I I see them just sticking really. But they, yeah, but the Giants only have six, the Cardinals only have six, so both of those could could look to trade down. Okay, guys, so we're going to take a break there, and when we come back from the break, it will be Owen with the next section of the draft. Okay, and we're back this time with me. Oh, I'm looking at picks 17 through 24. That's where we currently find the Raiders, the Dolphins, Washington, Chicago, the Colts, the Titans, the Jets with their second pick and the Steelers. So in this part, the first round, this is where we might see some prospects fall and we may see some prospects maybe taken a little bit higher than we expected. And it's even a spot where we see the Dolphins at 18 and the Jets at 23 picking for the second time. So my first question, MJ, I'll come to you first. What are your initial feelings about what the Dolphins and the Jets may do with those second picks and in what direction do you think they may go? Thanks, Owen. So I, I think if you're the Dolphins or the Jets, you you are set up for um, a very good night because you've got all of these draft picks. Both teams have got a lot of capital. So you can do a couple of things, I think. I think, one, you can just pick up whoever the best player available is on your board no matter what position you, you, you know, if somebody does start to fall through the, the board and you're sat there as, as Miami or the Jets, you can just take who you, who that team, who you think within your war room is the best player for your, for your team. 
Um, in terms of position groups, I think both of these might look to edge rushers. And I think uh, Stu mentioned it, I think on the last po- podcast, I think Miami might look at somebody like Jalen Phillips. I don't want to say Greg Rousseau, Stu, but um, funnily enough, I, I wonder whether Rousseau might might go somewhere like the Jets, whether whether the Jets might take um, take a flyer on somebody who's got a lot of promise, a lot of potential. But again, we don't have a lot of a lot of tape there. Another one, not for Miami necessarily, because they're fairly well stocked at cornerback, but the Jets, you know, somebody like Caleb Farley, who you've got the injury concerns, but you've got all these picks. So, you you know, if you trust that Farley is going to come out of this and is, is a great prospect, um, then you could take him because both of these teams are coming back early day two. I think they're at 34 and 36 respectively. And then they've got another second round pick. So they've got so much to play with. Um, and so many options. But yeah, I think it's either best player available or edge. Yeah, the beauty, especially for the Jets, the beauty of not being very good is that you've got a lot of needs. So the board is just wide open for them. It's not a case of, oh, well, we can't take a receiver because we've got, oh, no, we need one of them. We we can't take a guard. Oh, no, we, we could do with one of them. Defender, yeah, need a few of them. So it, the, the board is absolutely wide open. Less, less so for Miami. I think their defence... Pretty good, and um, definitely on the up. So you, you you'd assume they're going sort of maybe maybe receiver if they don't go there early. Obviously, it depends on what their first pick is. Or you know, knowing them, they'll trade out and get another load of bucket load bucket load of picks for next year. They seem seem to just keep doing that, don't they? Um, but yeah, it'll depend on their first picks. But it, it it'll be quite exciting, and especially like you say for the for the Jets and the the Dolphins fans, it should be a really fun night. Yeah, I think for the for the Jets, what I would be looking at is I think that they need an impact player on the defensive side of the ball or a weapon for the new quarterback. Um, I, I think that would be probably the ways I would go if I was looking at the, the Jets side of things. Um, and Miami, I think they will probably be looking at either, as MG said, pass rush or... They, they might be tempted by some of these good linebackers because they have lost a couple of linebackers. Um, but they may that might be something they may look at at the top of the, the second round. And the other thing is they they look at O-line. They've got a very young O-line. Um, again, if they could add a good piece to that, it might be helpful. They tried and failed dramatically to um, pick up last year's first-round pick from the Tennessee Titans, which he lasted about three days. Less said about that, the better. But so they obviously are looking at offensive line as somewhere they need to improve as well. So again, depends what the way of the board falls. Yeah, I agree a lot with that. I've said it before, haven't I? That I think Caleb Farley's sweet spot is the Jets at 23. Of course, yeah, we, we don't know what the medicals are, and that would be the reason why he drops that far. But yeah, high risk, high reward. Why not take it with, with one of those higher picks? And, uh, and hope it, it pays out and for, for Miami. I, I agree. I think the line might be the, the option here. And I look at, especially with Tua being a lefty, trying to address the, the right-hand side of that line and a guy like Tevin Jenkins stands out there where he'd be able to protect that. So yeah, that, that's what I like for both of them. Anyway, Brian, this question's for you. So as I said before, this is the quarter of the first round where we might start to see the draft go against the grain against what we expect. So could you give us three names that we could expect to be taken between the Raiders picking at 17 and the Steelers picking at 24? Well, one we've just pretty much all of us just touched upon before, and that's Caleb Farley. Uh, I think when, when we started this process and when, when we did the uh, the defensive back sort of special, um, I think he was pretty much everyone's 
sort of Satanji one A and easy one B in terms of in terms of uh, equality there at corner. Um, but it's just his back injury that, that's knocking him down a bit. And I think as you said there, all right, some someone will take a gamble on him. This for some teams they might not want to touch him in the first round, but I, I imagine he'll go sort of this range. And if he can stay healthy, um, I think that's hell of a pick. Someone who could have gone as early as sort of nine, ten, had he had he been hundred percent. Um, and then for my other sort of two that I could see going here, I'm uh, in the words of Will Smith, I'm going to Miami, and not the Dolphins. Um, I'm going to the U, the Hurricanes. Um, there's two edge rushers. There's uh, Stu's favourite, Gregory Rousseau, uh, and then there's Jalen Phillips. Um, and it's a weird edge class. Nobody knows who's the best. There's not there's not a standout. And either of these guys, I think, or both maybe, could sort of go around here. Um, you know, if you can get a good edge rusher there. Insanely valuable, and you look at the season Russo had in 2019 15 and a half sacks. Uh, Phillips only really played one year, uh, last year, but he was great too. And it's it's interesting, nobody knows which order they're going to go, but I could see this range for both or one of them at least. Yeah, I think, I think in this grouping, you might see a lot of tackles and edge rushers be bandied about in this this kind of range you met you touched on the couple of guys there and you then you throw in guys like Azizo Jalari as well potentially in that mix yeah and then you've got the likes of uh, you've mentioned um Owen already Tevin Jenkins um he might be we've seen at times Cosme even in that range as well so you might get a, a grouping of those type of players if one goes you might start seeing a run of of, of either position really yeah, I think I'd, I'd throw into the mix there um, the guy who might end up being the, the best value wide receiver, and that's Rashad Bateman. I think. Um, oh, I'll be happy with that one. He, he will. Yeah, absolutely. I think around about that kind of Washington, Chicago kind of range, that sort of um, nineteen twenty. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, I would say Ojalari. I think we start to see some edge rushers. Um, if you're lucky, somebody like um, Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa might. You know, dead to the Raiders at about 17. I think, you know, you, your your key key thing here when you're watching for the Raiders is whoever's the fastest player left on the draft board in terms of their 40, no matter at what position, that's likely to be who the Raiders pick. Um, but yeah, I think definitely, yeah, Bateman as a, as a wide receiver, I'd throw him in as well. Yeah, that's the, the second cluster of receivers after those big three. That could be where some of these go, isn't it? Like Bateman and Tony, maybe even Elijah Moore could, could slot in here. The, the group that I'm thinking about is the running backs. I know we touched on running backs on, on last week's pod, but if one's going to go in the first round, is this maybe the, the section of the draft that we see them go? Whether that's Miami at 18 and Steelers are probably even even more so in for a running back. So this could this could be the spot where, where we see a running back go if it's not here. Then, you know, if, again, if you're a betting person, you, you probably want to take the um, them going in the, into the second round. Yeah, and, and the G. Harris to the Steelers is one that's been mentioned yeah. quite a lot recently. You've seen a lot of that just pop up in the last week or so as well. Yeah, and the, the Jets were being mocked a running back a lot, and then that seems to have faded as well. So I wonder if maybe, again, with the picks they've got, whether they take the risk, knowing that the Steelers are there behind them and they might take the one they want, that might force the hand, who knows? So, yeah, my last question, I'll throw this to, to you, Shu. So I'm convinced that we're going to see some um, see some surprises in these picks when they start to come in. But come on, let's stick your neck on the line. What surprises do you think, if any, we're going to see during these picks? I think the 
in this part of the draft, this is where you've got the Raiders. So that could be a place that you get surprises, as you, as you often do. You just think back to Cleveland Farrell at number four a couple of years ago. So I think that they're one who will throw us a surprise somewhere. And I wonder if they'll they'll pick someone in a, of a position that we think that there's potentially players who should be drafted above them. And uh, the, the two kind of things that I'm thinking of is they, they need offensive line. So we may see one of the centres go here. I wonder if that might be something that they look at. There's a couple of guys, Dickerson and Humphrey, you know, they, they could go. Mm. Um, I wonder if they'd certainly be looking at a tackle maybe on the on the right-hand side because they've got Colton Miller already. Um, but the uh, Tevin Jenkins, I don't think it would be a surprise if he went there, but I think that would be a player that they would potentially look at on the, on the Raiders. He would be a Raiders-type player. And then you're thinking about what they lack and they lack sacks um, and a guy who I think that they might look at is not a sack machine at all but I wonder if looking at traits Jason Oye that might be someone from the Raiders he seems like a Raiders type kind of pick as well so yeah that would be I've, I've said them all Raiders and I think it probably will be the Raiders who throw us a curveball I'd throw in um, Washington and Chicago at, uh, at 19 and 20 I'm, I'm interested to see if there's any competitiveness between the pair of them, especially uh, if, if my friend, the cheese sandwich, Mac Jones falls um, out of, out of the top 10, because Washington and Chicago, you could, you could make a, an argument for both of those um, perhaps going for a quarterback. Um, and so either is that you might get a bit of trade competition between those two, one of those two trying to trade up say half a dozen or so spaces. Um, and then it's watching a team, uh, who are who are so secure in that kind of GM and team building position like the Colts? They're only sat there with six picks. Are they going to trade down um, and get those kind of second round picks that Chris Ballard likes um, and get some value? But they, they they would be doing that knowing that Tennessee are only one place behind them. And I do wonder how much your division rivalry again will play into any of these later picks. It's interesting that there's a whole run of um, not only divisional picks, but there's a whole run of AFC picks at this point and, and decent AFC sort of teams as we as we go uh, kind of Colts, Titans. OK, Jets are on the rise. Then you've got Steelers. And then as you as you go even further down, there's there's more AFC teams that, that made the playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see how much that plays into whether or not anybody trades up or down at this point. Yeah, I'm just going to say I'm a big cheese sandwich fan. So when when you keep saying it as if it's a bad thing, uh, I, I do take that quite personally. I'm, I'm but, uh, sorry, Mac Jones. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm not a Mac Jones. I'm a cheese sandwich fan. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree. You know, Raiders are always up for a surprise. They seem to. Um, I don't know. It's not. It's not done much good, has it? But yeah, they seem to think that they know better than everyone, and maybe they, they don't. Do they? Um, but it'll be interesting to see. And yeah, it's a. It's a really especially when you get to this, it, it definitely gets a lot, you know, when you're trying to play about with the mocks and stuff, when you, when you get to this point in the draft, it's a lot harder to do. And yeah. um, it's going to be, yeah, really interesting to see what happens here. Uh, I think you guys summed it up in terms of surprises there. Basically anything goes at this point. So who knows? Well, there we have it. Excellent stuff. So that was our preview for 16 through 24. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, MJ is going to take us through the last quarter of the first round preview. Thank you. 
And we are back with the final part of our preview to the NFL draft. It's me, MJ, with picks 25 through 32. In this group, we've got Jacksonville, and then we've got a whole host of last year's playoff teams who are all looking to see if they can make those picks that potentially get them to challenge our current reigning champions, the Buccaneers. So my first question, Owain, can you give me a couple of names of players who might sneak into the end of this first round? Certainly can. So first one, maybe a bit of a surprise, but I think Eric Stokes is a bit of a dark horse. I, I see a lot of cornerback needy teams here and for me at the moment he's my third rated corner because I've had to drop Farley down because of those back issues this the unknown drops him down for me um yeah I really like him and maybe a corner needy team looks at the the you know the big three off the board if Farley's gone and maybe Newsom as well he's off the board and they'll, they'll look at someone like Stokes just to, to jump in front um Another one, if say if we see the run on offensive linemen in, in the in the twenties, we could see a, a couple more go here, and a player like uh, Liam Eichenberg from Notre Dame, uh, he's a name getting a lot of traction, and that, that would be a bit of a surprise if yeah. he, if he gets this far. But I think there are some concerns about his arm length. But a look at maybe the Chiefs, that looks like a, a spot where he could land. A couple of others, Joe Tryon, we've heard him in the in the first round before. Don't like it. He's my, he's my eighty second rated player. I don't like it in the first round, but it seems that teams do. And one last one is Jamin Davis, the linebacker from Kentucky. Uh, that wouldn't be a surprise at this point. He keeps climbing boards, including my own. It's just his athletic testing has just blown him away and, and into the first round discussion. As we start to see some of these NFL combine measurements going through that took place last week, just purely for the NFL medical teams, Jamin Davis and, and Joe Tryon are two that seem to have benefited massively from them because the, the measurables we're getting in have really worked in their favour. Yeah, you mentioned Eric Stokes sneaking in there. I wonder if he might be someone that the Saints might have a look at, particularly I think that they do, do have cornerback needs and particularly with them, Marshawn Lattimore's possible legal issues. That is, I don't know if you've seen that in the uh, in the news recently that there might be some issues coming up with this him. Where we I have to know. say allegedly, 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 allegedly. Yeah. there is some issues, and I think that it's a need opposite him anyway. So yeah, I could see that they might be a team that I know they've got some issues they're going to have to figure out with with a few positions, but they they might be a, a dark horse for picking up someone like that. Yeah, there's this for me. There's three: New Orleans, Green Bay, Buffalo, all have need at cornerback. So someone's going to have to jump eventually. Yeah, I think after it's after this year, um, Buffalo only have two cornerbacks under contract. Um, so so they they've they've got a lot of guys who are coming towards the end of the deals or only on one year deals. So yeah, they might be looking to the future there as well. Okay, so Brian, a question on the on the opposite sort of fortunes for a player. Can you give me the name of a player who you think might slip all the way out of round one? Well, one I think might slip, and it's not... Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you who it is first, and that is Christian Barmore, the defensive tackle from Alabama. Oh. Very good player. Uh, well, especially the second half of uh, the season just gone. Um, but I just think he's, he's tackled a huge need for anyone. He, he's good, but he's, he's not fantastic. And I think the, the sort of teams that you see him being sort of drafted to, maybe the Browns, maybe the Bucks, um, could they have a, a, a need greater than that? Or can they, can they sort of get by there? Is just something that I don't know. And I just think of all the names, and he, you know, I mean, he's getting drafted 
sort of mocked anywhere anywhere from sort of 15 onwards. Um, but for me, he, he's good. He's not great. And um, it won't be a huge surprise he slipped out of the first round. So so it's the position group as opposed to necessarily the player. Do you, it's whether they value that position group. Is that what you're, what you're going for? Yeah, like I say, it's not, it's, it's not a, a huge knock on him. It's just the teams that I see him, him being mocked to and that think, oh, yeah, he could go there. I also think, well, they've got greater needs at X, Y, Z. And oh, if, you know, if he's still there, they'd, they'd probably take him. So I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me if he dropped out of the first. It also wouldn't surprise me, if, if, you know, if he's sort of in the teens. Yeah, we've, we've spoken one that we've spoken about before on here, but the one that may slip all the way out the first round again might be Caleb Farley. <laughs> we keep going back to him, don't we? But the you know the cornerback from Virginia Tech, if those medicals don't come back right, then we're going to see that. You could say the same about Jalen Phillips as well. Uh, if, if either of those don't get picked probably by 25, then we know something's up and that they, they could slip out the first round. Yeah, and, and who knows? You may uh, you may get something that happens on draft night like we did a few years ago when you got players like Laramie Tunsil. If you have something like that happen, you might see somebody plummet that something comes out, some team, somebody's near the bottom of the first round, people, something comes out, somebody's not quite keen to pick them. It could be a surprise totally who that is. Yeah. What about for for another position group? So we've we've mentioned before about safety and you've got somebody like Trevon Morig who... Um, perhaps by talent should probably go first round somewhere in the twenties, but will teams value that safety position group this year? I think for me, he's another, he's good. He's, he's just not great. And there's, 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 you know, again, the, the teams that could take him may well think, Oh, you know what I could do with a safety, but I'll take someone else ahead of him. And um, again, not, not a huge knock on the player. I think for me, for me, he's the best, he's the best safety on the board, but yeah, that, that's another good shout MJ. Yeah, I wonder if he doesn't go to Jacksonville, like he's been mocked a lot, whether he might not go on day one. Yeah, I agree. A bit like we, we spoke about with running backs, is it a valued position? And when you're drafting in the first round, it does make sense to spend your money on the positions that, that matter the most. Um, so, yeah, Jacksonville might look to go a different different route. And, um, yeah, it wouldn't, really wouldn't be a surprise if if no safety goes in round one again. And finally, Stu, the, the tail end of round one is also a, a place where we can see trades and we can see teams either trading out of round one or we can see teams uh, who want to trade back up for a, an, an additional pick in that first round. Out of this group and, and, and to be honest, out of, out of all the teams, who do you think might be looking to go up or down and might come back into this end of this first round? Yeah, of the, of the teams we've got there, there's two teams that, I think possibly three of, of that group who I think are potential trade-down candidates, where you look at them and think, yeah, they've got needs, but are the needs so glaringly obvious that they have to pick somebody there? They can afford to fall back around and, and pick up some more draft capital. So the three teams, I think, that in that group are are the Packers, the Bills and the Bucks. I think they might be my three teams I think would potentially consider a trade back into the high end of round two so you may be looking at teams in that top five six picks of round two who want to come back up and get someone that they they guarantee their fifth year option which some teams seem like to do you know the bucks can they afford to drop back a few places yeah they can afford to do so i would think i don't think that they have someone that they must pick at 32 that they couldn't pick up at 35 6 7 um and again probably the the 
the Bills and the Packers maybe find themselves in the same boat that they could get good value on day two that they don't feel that they have to spend as first round pick and maybe pick up a later round pick to add to that. How about this? I actually think the Green Bay Packers might move up. <laughs> so I've got an article coming out on teams that might be looking to trade up or down. But in the last three first rounds, the Packers have traded up in all three of them at some point. Um, just the the one in 2018, I think they had two first round picks. So the second one that they, they moved up for, but they have uh, moved up in the first round in each of the last three drafts. And I look at who they're drafting around and I think they might have the most holes on their roster of, of those around them. And that's mainly because Aaron Rodgers year after year just continues to cover them up. I think they've got a desperate need at receiver. Um, as we know, Packers don't draft receivers in the first round, never mind trade up for one. But I think they are def- definitely in the market for a cornerback, um, as we've said. And if Farley falls or you've got Newsom in the conversation too, I think they could be a trade-up um, a candidate, maybe maybe even up to Indianapolis. Surely they give Rodgers what he wants this year. Surely they give him the wide receiver this year. Nah, no chance. <laughs> they're, not, they're not in range of getting a guy that's worth, I don't think, unless they absolutely love Bateman and he falls. I don't think they're within range to go far enough up to get any of the other top guys, so you could probably afford to to fall back. The, the From the group above that we, we didn't really touch upon, but I think the team that would probably be open for business would be the Colts. They, they like a trade back. They like to accumulate draft yeah. capital. Um, Ballard's done really well with drafting and moving around boards and getting good value on day two. So I think that if teams in this group are going to look to come out of this group and move up one, the team that they would probably be targeting is the Colts. Yeah, exactly. And as we just touched on with the with the cornerbacks, there is a bunch of teams that need cornerbacks. So do a team, say, like Green Bay, try and move up with the Colts just to get ahead of maybe the Jets, even the Jags might try it. You've got New Orleans there, need a cornerback as well, that someone might look to jump the others. Yeah, and I think in terms of trading down, when, when you get to this point in the draft, you sort of you past all the sort of A star top recruits. You're onto the sort of you know late first sort of second rounders. So there's not that much if you were to sort of trade out now and sort of trade back in you know back into the second, maybe move into second. There's not that much difference between what you're picking now and probably what you're picking at pick 50, 60. Um, talent wise, it may just one of them. You know, you sit and you pick right. I really like this guy. I'm going to take him. And if there's no one here I like, I'll I'll pick two of the same sort of talent later in the draft or, you know, I think a few teams might be keeping an eye on next year's draft as well when there won't be all this sort of, well, hopefully, touch wood, there won't be the sort of COVID opt-outs and it'll be more of a uh, quote-unquote normal year. Um, so maybe, maybe look to get value that way. Yeah, and I, th- I think a team that might look to be the one who comes into this from the second round, depending on what they do at five, might be the Bengals. I know that they're, we always say the Bengals are boring. They'll just sit and do nothing. But I wonder if they... If they pick Sewell and they really like a receiver that's maybe going to just drop out or they, they might want to jump a couple of teams, they might come up. Or if they pick Jamar Chase, they might want to come back into this. But if there's a, if there's a few tackles that, you know, if you've maybe got a Cosme or a, an Eichenberg that's sitting around this range, if they've picked Jamar Chase, they may think, yeah, we, we need to go up and grab that. Good job. Yeah, yeah. Um. Just one final question so that we've covered all the teams uh, and so fans of the, the Seahawks and Rams and Texans, um, is it worth them staying up all night just in case 
any of those three teams can make a run. And just to, to put into context how difficult the position is to, to come back up for those three teams, Seattle are going in with three picks and no 2022 uh, first. The Rams are coming with six and again, no 2022 first. Um, and Houston have got eight. So can you see anything for any of these teams day one, any chance of them trying to do something? Uh, no, um, but it will be worth them staying up because of the excitement that you're going to see earlier in the night will, will definitely be worth staying up for. But yeah, you talk about Seattle only having three picks. They'll turn that into more picks. There's absolutely no doubt. They'll just keep trading back and they'll get the amount of picks that they want. That They'll be fine. But that means that they're not going to be trading up into the first round, doesn't it? They might have their feet up watching it like the rest of us. Uh, the other two are, are probably going to, they're definitely going to be up in the in that uh, Rams house. I don't know if you saw that. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, On Malibu Beach, yeah. <laughs> they'll, uh, they'll definitely be about. So, but yeah, I can't, I can't see any of them looking to trade back up. Yeah, I think that they're they're all going to be looking at what they can get on day two, and particularly the Seahawks. I can't see them just only making three picks. They've got to turn that into more picks, and particularly where they're drafting the the, the cliche. And I don't really like it. The more throws at the dartboard, you know, the more likely you're going to hit something. And um, they need to, you know, if you're only going in three picks from day two onwards. You've not got a lot of wriggle room, and they're and they're not a team that have that have a brilliant roster that you can say, okay, we only need what you know. They, they've got a lot of people to to fill, and they, they need to hit on picks. So the more they've got, the, the better chances they have of finding uh, a bit of a diamond in the rough. Yeah, so it's a good point actually. You're on about throwing darts in the dartboard. That's that's fine. The more darts you have, but if they're all in the sixth round, then is there any point? So yeah, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. That they are they're going to have to turn them into more picks. So we may look to see them picking a lot on day three. Yeah, I think when you talk about darts, anyone who's ever played darts with me knows that more darts doesn't particularly mean you're going to score. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree in the Seahawks. And I, yeah, the Rams, sure, enjoy it. And, you know, the draft, the draft's a lot of fun. I'm not sure if I'm a Texans fan because there's, there's not... Yeah, I'd be spending a lot of time in bed if I was a Texans fan. But, but that's a shame. Um, but there we are. But yeah, I think every team just stay up, watch the draft. I've, I've done it the last couple of years. It's it's a lot of fun. Get yourself some custard creams. Get yourself some wings. We'll uh, and while we, while we're talking about it, we'll be we'll be live blogging the draft as we go through. Oh, Ian, do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about that? Yeah, so the, this, in the week leading up to the draft, there's there's all sorts going on, on the website. So go and check that out, and go and check out the Twitter account as well. There's going to be uh, numerous different polls and things like that. So go and take part in them. And then yeah, on on draft night itself, if you plan on staying up, keep an eye on the Twitter account, keep an eye on the website. We'll be uh, blogging along with it, so you'll get analysis and and our thoughts of the picks. Fantastic, but yeah, check out the website, check out the Twitter. We've plenty of uh, content as they call it coming out. Owen's just released his top two hundred. That's right, two. 100 prospects. Uh, check that out. Keep an eye on that as we get close towards the draft. And of course, check out our, our previous podcast. Uh, we've had a lot of fun doing it and um, put a lot of work in. Um, highlights include, as we know, um, MJ, whenever he gets a cheese sandwich, he thinks of Matt Jones, apparently. <laughs> um, Stu likes he likes his defensive tackles big and he does not like Gregory Rousseau. Um, Owen really loves Rashad Bateman. And he really likes Cox. That's your brill Cox. <laughs> the LSU linebacker. So there's plenty of stuff on there. And we'll be back after the draft. We're doing some recaps. And obviously, closest to next yeah, year's draft. We'll find out how wrong we really were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
exactly. But um, yeah, before we finish, I just want to say a huge thank you uh, to the guys eh, for letting me, me be involved, but also the, the work you all put in, um, the scouting you do, it's, it's fantastic. I do occasionally listen to some rival podcasts and I can assure everyone out there uh, our coverage is second to none. Um, but yeah, thanks guys. Do, do a great job. Really enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, roll on the draft and uh, eventually roll on, roll on next year's draft. Uh, and that's it for today's episode. As mentioned, we will be back after the draft, but please do check out our Twitter, our website, our previous podcasts uh, for everything else. But yeah, enjoy the draft and uh, we'll speak again soon. Thanks for listening. Yeah.